Give me some verses. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. A very familiar scripture for everyone, I'm sure. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For we walk by faith, and not by sight. Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen up on you. All right, such is the reading of the scripture. I'm so glad that the word of God is really positive. It really is positive. Today I want to begin the new year talking to us about how that faith faces forward. Faith faces forward. Faith is such a, a real part of our lives as believers. Well, even in the world, because the, even they, God has deposited faith in them. And it has a major effect upon our attitude, our emotional being, our outlook, our smile, the words that we speak. You know what I mean? Even sometimes the spring in our step, faith has a, it touches all of that. Faith is, is really what energizes our future or energizes us for our Future. A, 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 a faith that looks forward because the fulfillment of many of God's promises are in the future. Are in the future. Hebrews 11.6 I think supports that. That he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. The very word reward or rewarder points to, you know, something in the, in the future. It was John, the Apostle John, that wrote in the book of Revelations and said that he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And out of that time, you know, he, he saw and he heard. And it was really about the future. Anticipation and expectation. A water of the future. Faith faces forward. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence or the track record, the history, 
of somehow, some way, both in your experience, but assuredly from the Word of God, the record of the patriarchs, the story of the Israelites, the individual accounts of various individuals that, that just God has went ahead and had it pop off the page, given us insight that it's not just in generalities, but it's also in very details. Individuals and how God deals with life and not only how God deals with life, but how we are supposed to respond and deal with life. This faith is so important that the Bible says that, you know what I mean, it's, it's got to be fought for. Fight the good fight of faith. Why? Because the promises of God that have yet not been realized are in our tomorrows. And we don't want to wander. Not W-O-N, but W-A-N, <laughs> all right? Wandering. Remember the children of Israel, they spent 40 years wandering. And they probably were also wandering. <laughs> Right? You know? Because that's what happens when you wander, you wander. You, you just, you know, nothing, it's just a circle. We've got to fight the good fight of faith. And because faith, you know, helps us in our perspective. And you've heard the phrase, the glass is half empty or half full. Now, the glass is the same level, but it's how you're looking at it, okay? That either inspires you or discourages you. Hallelujah. <laughs> we must have a forward-looking faith. We must have a balance in life. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, while we do, do not look at the things which are seen, or simply he's saying, don't keep looking at those things. You know? How many know that the eye gate is really powerful in your life? It's really powerful. And so Paul says that, you know what I mean, you don't keep looking at those things, you know, that are seen because there's a temporariness to them. He didn't say they weren't real, but they have a limited lifespan. Change is, you know, just a part of life. And we're involved with change. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Obviously, that's a spiritual insight, a promise of God, you know, that we see. Keeping 
the, the, the temporal or seeing the temporal in light of the eternal. That's what he's talking about in this chapter. It's calling us to a perspective. Calling us to, to be able to, to handle the diversities that life brings our way. I find it interesting that in verse 17, the Apostle Paul writes and says that there is value in the challenges of life when they are handled in faith. It says, for our light affliction is working for us a far more an eternal weight in glory. Well, okay, so let's look at 20 and 21. Boy, there were some real treasures going on. There's some real value that has been taking place. It's working for you in heaven. And I don't want to repeat them. But I want you to know that God did not lose anything. God was setting up eternity for us. And that in itself is quite an amazing thing. It was Peter that wrote, the trial of your faith is more precious than pure gold that perishes. It's like God's got a bank up there. I know he's got treasures. And a whole lot of depositing goes on. When by faith, you stand tall. When, when your faith causes you to face forward and not backward. Why is it so important, you know what I mean, that we fight the good fight of faith? I think you would agree with me this morning that the state of faith in our nation is in serious decline. And even though we've got churches everywhere, there is still a, still a decline. There is a battle for the minds and the hearts and the souls of every generation. That's why it's so important this morning, church, that we keep faith on the front line. I'm not talking about just a, 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 a set of beliefs. But I'm talking about how we see things. And how hope is, is, you know, is enlivening us. And how we got to fight for it. Not just for out there, but we got to fight for it for in here. Paul said that there were those who concerning the faith had shipwrecked. <clears throat> to shipwreck is just simply to maroon and get stuck on something. Unable to sail. 
You know what I mean? To destinations and destiny. That's why we have to keep faith on the front lines. And faith on the front lines always keeps hope. For we do not hope for the things that are, we hope for the things that are not yet. Did you know that the things that are not yet are even are more precious than the things that are? And there are a lot of precious things that are. And we are responsible to fight this good fight of faith. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, fight the good fight of faith. You've been called to that. Our witness is at stake. Your profession that has been made before many witnesses. Yesterday's have some major value according to Scripture. Paul wrote, or excuse me, it's debatable who wrote Hebrews. Hebrews write, writes about, you know what I mean? How we need to, to remember yesterday's fights and how God got you through them. How 21 got you to 22. Hallelujah. See, it was Jude that said, you've been given something. You've been given a treasure. I think that sometimes that faith is, is, is like a commodity. It's a commodity of heaven. And it's how we conduct kingdom business. That's why he said in Jude, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith that was once delivered to the saints of old. Faith was in jeopardy. How they were handling life. It, 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 it. wasn't inspiring, I guess. When you contend for something, you, you, you're battling against. Remember what, what, what Jesus said to Peter? He said, I want you to know something, Peter, that everything that's going on is that, you know, Satan just wants to go ahead and shake up your faith. He wants to sift your faith. He wants to unsteady your faith. And so we fight. We fight that faith by having a forward-facing faith. Hallelujah. It was Proverbs 23, 32 that says... 
how we're supposed to handle this thing. He says, we need to buy the truth and sell it not. Not just a, 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 a belief system, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't sell out, he says. It may be old, but it's also new. Hallelujah. Rising generations. And how that forward faith, forward facing faith is about raising generations. Paul wrote to Timothy. And he recognized that, you know, they had done a good job. Grandma had a, did a good job of passing the faith to her daughter. And they both did a good job of passing the faith on to, to Timothy. Yes. I think that the history of faith is, is really one about advancement. It's one about passing that baton of faith from one generation to another generation. In fact, as Psalm said in 145.4, one generation shall praise your works to another generation. So it's about focusing on the future, a call to have a forward-facing faith. Paul said, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but I press toward. Isaiah 61 says, rise and shine because the light has come. We do not have to wait for another light. A great light has shined. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And it has shined not just in the world, but it has shined in our hearts. So exciting. That, that reaching forward is, is that progressive action. Because the future is forward. Even though we have a rich history, it's the future that our eyes are supposed to focus on. My eyes, when it comes to my own family, are so inspiring for my grandkids. I mean, my kids, too. Don't get me wrong, you know what I mean? But I already got them here. And now the kids, the grandkids, you know what I mean? There's still a leg of the journey that, you know what I mean? That there has to be, you know, a, 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 a purposeful intention. Purposeful intention. Yes. That's why I think that we need to 
be sure that we're holding the ropes of the next generation. What do you mean by that, Pastor? You remember the Apostle Paul. He was just a brand new believer. Okay, but yet he was the targets of everybody. The religious and the unbeliever. And there was a time that he had to escape. He couldn't escape on his own. And so the brethren got together and they got a basket and they had some ropes on it and they let him down out of the window. <clears throat> so he could make it to his destiny. And I believe that forward-facing faith holds the ropes so the next destiny and generation we help make it possible why is faith so important you know it's it's important from a personal standpoint but it's also important from the church standpoint the church has faced and Paul says is facing and will face dangerous times yeah. what's at stake people's faith their trust their love for God oh Paul says that the danger of becoming just uh, mediocrity in everything. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. You know what I mean? We just settle for, that's good enough. But faith doesn't do that. It says that's, doesn't say that's good enough. Faith says, there's more than enough. Somebody say amen. amen. Help me out here, church, this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. One of the critical things is, you know what I mean, that, that, that uh, takes place when you see faith, you know, uh, 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 not facing forward is that people stop getting together. They stop church gatherings. Hebrews chapter 10 says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself to gather as the manner of some is. Forward-facing faith says we are going to get together and we're going to build each other's faith. Amen? And he says, so much more as you see the day approaching. There's enough evidence, church. Hallelujah. Abraham had a forward-looking faith. He always saw a better future. Think about it. It was normal 
in that culture to live in tents. Yes, there were cities of, of houses, but it wasn't uncommon to live in tents. It wasn't uncommon to travel, you know, etc. It was normal. But he says there's something better. Something more permanent. There's a future. And he kept looking for it. He kept looking for it. And, 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 and somehow in his mind's eye and the spirit, you know what I mean? He, 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 he recognized that there was a, a city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. What's in our tomorrows are not merely tents. but that which God is building. He's building it. And what does that mean? It means that you live like it's already here. Even though it's not. Yeah. Let me, let me talk for a moment about spiritual fathers and, and mothers. They have a role. I'll just be frank. Seniors have a role. Paul said that they got a lot of teachers, but they don't have many fathers. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so, a role of being spiritual fathers. And then he also writes in Titus and talks about that the mothers are also supposed to be mothers. What does the mother do? Well, it doesn't take too long, you know what I mean? Talk to the mother and she'll tell you what she did, you know what I mean? <laughs> And what she does, if that's so be that the kids are at that stage where they're still extremely dependent. It was Jeremiah that said, the future is good. The future is good. And so as a facing forward faith we have to make a courageous connection between today and tomorrow we cannot stumble aimlessly toward the future we have to you know what I mean have a vision we have to buy into the vision
And with that, there comes a time when we cut off our thoughts of yesterday. Not that they're gone, but they do not occupy our present day thinking or our tomorrows, but they, you know what I mean? They become the pillars that support the faith. for tomorrow. And the story of Joshua is a good one. It tells us how to go forward. Number one, you got to claim your territory. God said to Joshua, every place that the sole of your feet, you know what I mean, steps on, I have given it to you. Just as I gave it to Moses. So he says, my promise is as sure for Joshua as it was for Moses. Hallelujah. But Joshua, if you don't go forward, if you don't put your foot on it, it just stays as a promise. But wherever you go ahead and claim it, he says then, there's a key that makes it so nothing can stop you. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. But be strong and courageous. And he says, really keep yourself attached to and obedient to the word. That's right. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, if you want to have success, just walk the word. Stick with the word because, you know, faith is, it's just not a dream. Faith is a pathway. Faith reaches up and brings the promise into our present. Would our musicians to come as I move to the next phrase here. I'm actually quite excited and energized. <laughs> And at age, you need something that energizes you besides just youth. <laughs> Hallelujah.
So let me talk to us because I still have a little bit of time here because everyone's here. I want to talk to you about 2022 facing forward. How many know there isn't anything magical about the new year? New beginnings, resolutions, nothing magical about it. But they can be very powerful. They can be very powerful when you plan and intentionally. excited about the future. It was three years ago, approximately three years ago, that the Lord began to prompt Jan and I's hearts about passing the torch, about passing the torch of pastor, pastor. So that's why to us and to Bible Center Church that 2022 is, is the beginning of a new era. We have been serving in leadership for 50 plus years and it'll almost be 45 years here as senior pastor of Bible Center Church so this morning I'm going to announce to you that even though you may already know it Jen and I are retiring from the role of pastor of Bible Center Church. Uh, the next phase, the next step of our lives in the future of this church So this morning, I'm not, we are not only announcing our pastor retirement, but also our announcement of who we feel God has chosen to be the next lead pastors of Bible Center Church. The new horizons that are going to open up. great possibilities 
at Lion Horizon. So let me talk about how we got to this decision. As God began to deal with our hearts about our own personal retirement, and that is so that the church can go into its future. It was a lot of time in the throne room, lots of prayer. I began to ask God for arrows that would help clarify. And then one Sunday morning, some time back, I mean, he'd already begun, you know, uh, impressing my heart. But then one Sunday morning, just out of the blue, the prophetic word came to me. And it said, you know, I'm giving you a shepherd's heart and a shepherd's staff. Not me. But that morning, Doug and Tanya were standing right there. And the message was not about anything in that framework whatsoever. And if I remember correctly, Doug, from your conversation with me, you know what I mean? That morning, he had just asked God. He wanted some direction. Tell you what, isn't it amazing how that, you know what I mean? I mean, you know what's really amazing? That God could get me to go ahead and <laughs> communicate, you know what I mean? His word. And so that morning, God confirmed that they were the ones that God was giving the shepherd's heart and the shepherd's staff. Now they have served. You know what I mean? Faithfully and, and you know, nobly. So I went with the, uh, went to the elders. And I didn't submit a name. We just talked and the name came up. And it was their agreement they felt that that God was leading in that direction and then I went to the other leaders and in the process of it they gave their approval and then to put the last amen on it I wasn't asking God for, for any more amens, but he just did. I called Juanita Tucker. We know Paul Tucker's gone. I called Juanita Tucker and wanted to talk to her and just, you know what I mean, because they've been part of our church for so long that I wanted to go ahead and, and uh, you know, share with her what was taking place. Was she surprised? 
She told me, she said, the last time that she was here, which would have been they, right? Because I don't think she ever made it after Paul's passing. But the last time that they were here, God said, Ms. Duggan, Tanya were there worshiping the Lord during worship service. That's my man. That's my couple. And just like when the apostles had a post to fill, the Holy Spirit said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas. So God really does get involved with his choices. So how's this going to play out, Pastor? Well, the plan, to the best of, that we can see is that Doug will begin to do more public ministry in February. Be sharing the pulpit and that's through, you know, we're thinking of through June. And then in July, Douglas is going to go part-time and take on much more major role. And in that February to, to, to July, they're going to spend a lot of time with us as the details and the insights that you know, it will be necessary for them to uh, walk in that. And then in that July, we will, we will ask the church for a vote of confidence. We want you to feel it. We're not making a choice independent of the whole body. But we got to get from A to B before we can get from B to C. And then in October, we'll have an installation service. In January, they'll become full-time and that all can vary. They could become full-time before that too. We'll have to see how that all works out. We're walking someplace we haven't been. 45 years we haven't had any transitions but it's the passing of the torch and so 2022 is going to be the passing of the torch in a relay the runners have run but yet there's a short in which the one holding the torch passes it to the next runner. And in this case, you know, probably be the last leg of running unless Jesus tarries. But I'm sure I'll be home either way.
but this will be our home church. A lot of years, a lot of friends. Now I'm going to be able to be more of a friend and not a pastor. Now, <laughs> you'll get to see a fun side of me. <laughs> you know? Oh, amen, amen. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to retirement, but I'm looking forward to Doug and Tanya's leadership and their role and how them and the Holy Spirit will take this church to the best that's yet to come. So with that said, I'm going to ask Doug to come and, you know, this morning. And I will have to repeat this, you know, to some degree every Sunday here for a little bit because, you know, you can look out and see why. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that, uh, that this uh, meant that uh, I have to put away my fun side. So I don't know exactly, uh, you know, I uh, didn't know exactly what to say. And, and, as, and as weird as it is to, uh, to think of myself taking on this role, um, as I was sitting there and, and hearing Pastor talk about his retirement, thought it's it seems almost more strange to think of Bibles in our church without Pastor Don up here I mean he's we we've been we've been so blessed for so many years uh, by Pastor just his um, steadiness his faithfulness and just um, bringing not just the Word of God but but the 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 rhema word the the word for the day um, you can you can take the Bible and read from it um, but to, to have God's direction and exactly what to take and, and implement at what time. And pastors has done that for us. And uh, really appreciate that. Um, so in, in this journey, uh, you know, I, I was actually preaching a few months ago and I was talking about the vine and I was talking about how um, you know, we tend to grow branches and things that that kind of get in the way and hinder God's plan. Where where the where the fruit is is getting shaded, and and it's time to prune so that you can be more fruitful. And uh, and I mentioned that we'd gone through some periods of time where we had to make some decisions on whether or not we were going to to uh, follow God's plan or not. And and in that instance, I was actually um, considering a ministerial role. Uh, in, in Ironwood, and, um, and and like I said, it didn't it didn't pan out. But just the decision making process uh, kind of was key to this decision making process, and even our surprise birth of of Hannah. Um, just these different things that God puts in your life that allows you to get to the place where you are able to say yes when the time comes. And so uh, I just really feel like there's been a number of things that, that God has done to direct and, and guide me to where I where where we are. <laughs> and uh, and Tanya was a, a huge part of that because even though 
So I'm going to be pastor of Bible Center Church. It is not uh, not because of my uh, amazing giftedness or that I have all these these skills. Um, it's because God has steered me, and uh, and it's a lar- largely been through Bible Center Church and the people in here that have um, you know through the the youth camps and the words spoken to me there through um, direction and guidance from Gordy, you know, and things that that even seemed physical and not spiritual as far as going to Dunwoody where. I inevitably, I would never found Tanya if it weren't for that. And and trust me, <laughs> you guys are going to be way better off with me having Tanya and, <laughs> than not. So yes. Uh, so, um, but but Pastor uh, directed me towards the the Bible school I went to, and he directed me towards the youth ministry that I led up in the UP. And it was back here at Bible Center, even when I wasn't going to church here, uh, I came to visit and, and Pastor Hilton was guest speaking. And I sensed God speaking to me that I needed to come back to Bible Center Church. Um, so uh, God has been in this. And even though I didn't know where it was going and, uh, you know, in the process, looking back, I can see the, the hand of God steering. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah. I think about David, uh, I was thinking about him this morning, just about how, you know, he was called as a youth and and it wasn't something that he landed in right away. He, he wasn't an, uh, immediately put into kingship um, and, and he probably, you know, it probably ended up a little bit on the back burner after a while because he didn't see anything progressing. And then he feels left behind as his brothers are called to what seems to be the important work. And then um, he shows up and God uses him in that moment. And, and who, how would he have ever guessed that that moment would have been the thing that elevated him in the sight of the, the country? He wasn't thinking about that. He was just trying to submit to what God wanted him to do. And that is, that's our heart, to just be submissive, um, to allow the, the spirit to lead. And uh, so, here we are, <laughs> and uh, and uh, um, I thank you in advance for your support and prayers uh, that we'll definitely need, and um, we just hope that we can um, lead the church uh, as well as what you've been led, is that we can fill the shoes that have been been put. Pastors had um, he's been so great through this whole process because. Uh, luckily, he still remembers where he came from. He remembers what it was like to start and and to be able to comfort me in in the times where I feel a little bit like I'm getting way you know it's way over my head you know. <laughs> but he's like you know this is just something you got to walk through, take a step at a time, um, you know. And uh, and so anyway, uh, I'm excited. It, it's been amazing. I try not to talk too much longer. But over the last. Uh, month or so since this decision was kind of being talked about how we've we've um, kind of submitted to, to this direction um, God has just really been speaking to me um, I just had had a lot of <laughs> thoughts not just about um, messages to share but but just um, just uh, just reassurance and stuff it's it's amazing how uh, <laughs> how uh, 
when you when you get to the point where you feel underwater and you you submit to that, that is when God you know really shows up. And so, um, I remember just a couple days after uh, finally you know we I had a meeting with Pastor Jan and I and we sorry I keep on saying I <laughs> we we uh, uh, we said yes uh, um, to to moving into the pastoral role. And the next couple days, you know, my head's just spinning. Like I'm at work and just like, you know, it's just a roller coaster of like excitement and fear and excitement and fear. And and I just felt like, I was just, it's like, God, it's kind of weird for guys. Maybe this seems weird. I felt like I needed a hug. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, I, I went out to lunch, which I almost never do. and. I know this is just something people do, but it was just the timing, and it doesn't happen to me all the time. But I went through the drive-thru, and the person in front of me bought me my meal, and I just thought, <laughs> the timing of it, just amazing. And so, yeah, um, but I don't know. I said I, I had a lot of things I could share, uh, but I think I'm just going to leave it at, at that. Um, I hope you're as excited as I am. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I can't wait to to move into this role more fully. Um, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I I but I, I need you guys to uh, gather round. You know, um, the word unity came up in our in our prayer meeting on Wednesday night, and uh, we are a family. We're a church family, and we need uh, we need each other, um, not just uh, to make it seem like an exciting get together. But but God has a plan for all of us, and He has a plan for Bible Center Church. He has a plan for this area, and uh, we can't do that individually. God calls us to do it together. He's always teamed up people to do the work of a ministry, um, whether they're going out together or whether there's a group of people supporting another group of people. Um, there's there's prayer warriors, um, but we need each other to, to uplift, encourage. Like I said, uh, there's times where, you know, I'm going to feel a little bit uh, maybe overwhelmed or unsure, and, uh, and I'm going to need encouragement, and hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully that will just rebound back, you know, in, in a fuller measure even. And so, anyways. Hey, Ben. Tanya, come on. I'm going to ask you all to stand if you would. You want to step down there? Doug? Let's let's pray for them this morning. Because um, this is a transition not just that we're doing, but that God is doing. And it says that Moses, when he made some appointments, that God says, I'm going to take some of your spirit and I'm going to, I'm going to place it on these people. So I wonder, church, if we could all just gather this morning. Would you do that with me? And uh, they already have God's spirit, but amen. God's going to take. Come on, guys. Some of the spirit that's upon us. He's going to transfer it to you guys. 
and it's going to be a beautiful blend of your God-endowed spirit as he had personalized you guys and then us. Father, this morning, as all these hands are laid upon this couple and this family, as you did with Moses to, to those elders and even from Moses to Joshua, make the transfer. Transfer. the Spirit from us to them to blend perfectly and beautifully with the anointing that you've already given them. As we lay our hands upon them, let the transfer begin. Jesus' name. And all the people said amen. God bless you. Thank you for this morning. And uh, praise God for our future. 2022 is, is uh, exciting. exciting. Absolutely. Um, it'll be wonderfully different. <laughs> it will. God bless you. Amen. Love one another.